Your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Blue Jackets fans, happy Thursday. The sun is shining, birds are singing. The Blue Jackets have still not really done anything this offseason since hiring Brad Larson, but that's okay because we have got more news for you here at Locked On Blue Jackets. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Jay Foster. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So yesterday we talked about potential trade proposals between the Blackhawks and Blue Jackets, Jack Bushman, had a really good suggestion that involved picks, prospects, Dylan Strom. Yes, you heard me right, Dylan Strom. Uh, and we kind of snowballed from that to talking about what exactly a free agent defenseman will do for a team. We talk a little bit about contracts. We talk a little bit about uh, Blackhawks legends, Nicholas Yamelson and Johnny Oduya. So... It is, it is a wild, wild episode, and I will uh, just jump straight into it. A guy like Seth Jones, who can not even like not even necessarily be a leader on the ice in terms of getting a letter, because I don't think he will get a letter, especially if Taves comes back. I assume that the right. next season will be um, Taves with a C, and then Kane and Keith. With, yeah, with 100%. Will. But he is very much a kind of a, a silent leader and he leads by example as well you know he kind of he walked into columbus and became our number one defenseman he got out on the ice and was like okay cool we're going to be good now and he kind of basically dragged the team to the playoffs that first he he embraced that role yeah and i think if he if he gets that chance in in chicago to be that pure number one i think he will he will embrace it and i think he will succeed especially if Chicago puts him in a place to succeed. Um, one of one of the the other the um, the other things about Seth Jones and Columbus is that I feel like we kind of ran him into the ground. Um, you know, he played a million minutes because John Tortorella doesn't believe in like defensive workloads and whatnot. So it's it's it'll be interesting to see him play on a, a different team. Who um, I don't know what Colleton's like in terms of his like defensive ice time spread but when you've got your bottom pairing defenseman playing like six minutes a game and then Jones and Wierenski are playing like 24 minutes a game every single game like that's gonna it's gonna take a toll yeah exactly and so I think it's just again circling right back to to the beginning of why was Seth Jones not very good this season I think overwork might be might be the reason and I've kind of been banging this drum a little while about how if you have to play your top defenseman like 25 minutes a game then you need better defensive depth Mm -hmm. you need you need to help the guys out especially come playoff time because you only got so much gas in the tank yeah and I think I was looking at what oh I was watching the game for Winnipeg uh, Edmonton and it turns out that like um, Darnell Nurse played like sixty minutes in a an eighty minute hockey game or something stupid like that. And then you look at Winnipeg, 
and I don't think any of their guys topped 30 minutes because they were playing all six defensemen basically equally, you know, and that's obviously it didn't work for them in the second round when they, they turned around and got swept, but like that's that's what you need to win. You can't be playing, you can't yeah. rely on one defenseman to play a million minutes and then have your third pairing defenseman just kind of sit there and get cold. So that's if, what, that's what I love about hockey though. Like you, you need the squad to be good. You can't just anchor your top guys. I mean, the Blackhawks kind of got away with it with Duncan Keith in 2015. He was playing like 33 minutes a game. I don't know how he won, but <laughs> that's not, that's not the format that you, that's necessarily going to get the job done year in and year out. So I completely agree. Um, for Jones, I think he comes in and he, he would, if he, obviously if he comes to Chicago, he's going to be our number one defenseman right away, but we still have pieces around where it's not like, all right, Seth, go play 28 minutes and let's see how it goes for you, buddy. Um, in an 82 game season, how, how your legs going to yeah, feel exactly. come summertime. <laughs> like we, Jeremy Colleton is good about that. Like some nights when Nikita Zadorov's having a good game, he'll be our leader in ice time or Connor Murphy will take that next step. If Duncan Keith is looking good that night, he's still going to be our number one guy leading time on ice. I don't know if that should necessarily continue in the future with how the Blackhawks are trying to go about things, but that's kind of Calvin DeHaan can even suit that when he's healthy too. Like we have, we have guys who are serviceable defensemen. They're just not the top pairing guy you want to lean on, you know? And I feel like that's why it could work out well for Seth coming in. If, you know, the fans don't blow everything out of proportion, which of course they will, but Chicago, man. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's what comes with the market. And I mean, for a guy like Seth Jones coming out of a smaller market, like Columbus, I think he does. Do you feel he wants to go to a big market and get a little bit more recognized? Or do you think he kind of likes flying under the radar? Um, it's, it's difficult to say because I think, everyone kind of has that assumption of, oh, we want players want to go to a big market, but Seth Jones is really kind of, he's pretty quiet. He's really soft-spoken. He's not like a rock star. Yeah, exactly. I like, I tell you Panarin, I get wanting to go to oh, yeah. and be a rock star, you know? <laughs> 100%. But Seth Jones, I feel like, and I don't think Seth Jones's game is that either. You know, like he's not going to go somewhere and score 40 goals as a defenseman and be that rock star. You know, he's not going to be a, um, he's not going to be a Roman Yossi who right. you know, is a rock star in, in Nashville. I think he's going to go oh. to Chicago. And I think the, the, the problem is going to be that I think he is going to get hyped up and hyped up. Oh, yeah. In, especially in Chicago, you know, we've we've seen it happen countless times. And the problem is, I don't know that he will measure up to the hype, which is not a knock on him as a player. That's not a knock on his talent. It's a problem that I think hockey has pretty universally, you know, in that it's uh -huh. very much, we signed this big free agent. He's going to score a million points this season. And I think, you know, Taylor Hall kind of suffered from it, of uh -huh. being not great in buffalo but because he's such a big name it's well we expect so many so many things from him um i'm trying to think of a, another example but i think a lot of people expect someone to be incredible if you're giving up a lot for him i think they want that highlight real player and you're not going to get a highlight real player with seth jones because if he's doing his job properly he's not going to show up and I think people need to realize they show up on the analytics. So right. Can we wait just a minute? I've got more of my conversation with Jack, but first I want to tell you about Bet Online. 
This is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. If you would like to make a bet on where Seth Jones ends up, then betonline.ag is the place for you. They have got news, odds, and information for all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action. They've even got uh, reality TV, so if you would like to guess who's going to win The Bachelorette, then you can do that at BetOnline as well. So before the next game, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the bench anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the Stanley Cup. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. If you use promo code LOCKEDON or one word, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, that is betonline.ag. Use promo code LOCKEDON or one word and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. And I think people need to realize that's okay. Like, you don't need the super flashy to get the job done. Like, quite frankly, that really doesn't get it done in the playoffs too often. You don't see, I mean... I don't have an example off the top of my head, but come playoff time, it's hard-nosed hockey that you want. It's not the flashy superstar. You want guys who are going to go out there, bang bodies, and sacrifice for their team because that's what it takes to win in the summer. Exactly. And- I mean, look at, for example, um, going back to like my my days with with um, Chicago, uh, Yamason Odia as a absolutely pairing, not flashy, not doing anything. Chicago, for some reason, just did not like Johnny Oduya, like the the city. I feel like, and he was, that was when he left, I feel like was when Chicago's defense really kind of started to, to trend downwards. But with those two on the ice, like they are, they would, they did nothing. They showed up nowhere on the score sheet, but the team was better with them on because the ice. Because of it. Oh yeah, Johnny, so Johnny Oduya, that's a, it's a name I haven't talked about in a while. I'm glad you brought him up. But 2015, so Johnny Oduya won the cup with us in 2013. Yep. Huge, huge piece that we went and got. Like, that was the year the Blackhawks started the year on, like, a 23-game point streak. Like, Johnny Oduya's first 40 games in Chicago, the Blackhawks were, like, 35-5. and five. It was ridiculous. But I, st- I still, like, that season still, like, that was when I was just getting into hockey. And I remember hearing about this, like, 23-0 and 0 start and being like, that's but it's ridiculous. Like it's it was, still, it was insane. It still throws me. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I was like, that really, that really happened. We like, it was a lockout shortened season and when they started in January and I don't think we lost a game in regulation to like early March. It was something absolutely insane, but a huge part of that was Johnny Oduya and Nicholas Jalmerson showing up and just shutting everybody down. They weren't flashy. Most people, unless you were, uh, I mean, people were jumping on the Blackhawks bandwagon a ton back then, but I don't know if you'd recognize Nicholas Jalmerson on the street, you know, even in Chicago, like he just wasn't that household name, but he was such a huge part. Johnny Oduya in 2015, Blackhawks fans were all over him in the regular season. He was not very good. Come playoff time. We literally win the cup playing four defensemen, Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook, Nicholas Jalmerson, and Johnny Oduya showed up so big in that 2015. But we don't win this cup in 2015 without Johnny Oduya. He had to be, great with Nicholas Jalmerson. He was nothing short of that. Our, our third pairing defenseman in that 2015 cup was like Kyle Comiskey and Kimo Timonen, who was like 50. And it was horrible to watch him play like eight minutes a game. Anytime you saw 44 jump over the bench, you're like, oh boy, we're in for one here. But those are the type of defensemen that you need to get the job done and be consistently good. It doesn't have to be flashy. It, I would rather have heart any day of the week over flash any day of the week. And 
you brought up a good point where Seth Jones, I've noticed this too. He's kind of a soft-spoken guy. He's not, you know, really out like, and that was kind of the weird part to me about the situation with Columbus that he kind of came out and was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to dip. It was like, Oh, Seth Jones is usually pretty quiet. I didn't think that was going to be something he did, but soft-spoken guy kind of leads with his play on the ice leads by example. I feel like, of course, I don't, I'm not in the locker room. I'm sure he's a good presence there as well, but I feel like if Chicago didn't overhype him, which is asking a very lot, (laughs) if they didn't overhype him, I really think they would love his attitude and how he goes about the game of hockey. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, and again, I've, I've been all over Seth Jones this season for not being very good, but, and again, we talked about it earlier. The entire team was mostly not very good. Like Zach Kransky, I was surprised at his, his stats because he, he had a decent season, like analytically speaking, but, even considering like this season, which again, no one was good, literally no one. Um, yeah. I genuinely believe that Seth Jones will make a team better by being honest. And really, I mean, I, the overhype's going to come, but that's all, that's all we're asking of the guy. If you just try to keep it simple and not expect him to come out there and put up 60 points when we go back to 82 next season, we don't, we, that's not what we need. Would it be lovely? Absolutely. Would I love Seth Jones to go put up 15 goals next season if he came to Chicago? Oh yeah, the city would be loving him. But that's not, it would be great, but that's not what we need him to do. We just need him to be a stud defensively, come in and embrace that. Um, He's the guy we're looking to, to kind of change the direction of where we've been. And I don't think that, I don't think that's the part that's going to like discourage him coming to Chicago. I think that part's okay. Like he'll, as you said, when he came to Columbus, he kind of embraced being that guy and was like, we're, we're going to become a good team here. We're going to work hard. We're a small market. Everyone's going to sleep on us, but we're going to show them that, that they're wrong. And I feel like that's a, a thing he can do for Chicago as well. Now, does he want to play in, in that big of a market and, and kind of live under those pressures? I don't know. I mean, that's kind of the problem with what we're seeing in Toronto and those bigger markets. There's just so much hype and everything. But I do think that Chicago would be a great fit for Seth if he understood that the city, the city can love him. For sure. You know, and we're, we're in need of that hope, that, that light at the end of the tunnel, per se. And getting a guy like Seth Jones makes the light a little brighter. And I think that's what the Blackhawks fans need to keep in mind. Don't overhype it. Don't overhype it. Why can we just not have fun with our nice things? The Blackhawks, <laughs> we're, trying to, we're trying to do our best here. You got to be – I've talked about this a couple times. You can be nitpicky with the situation we're in. We know we're not going to win next year. But at some point – you got to go out and get a guy that can kind of turn things around. And I think if the Blackhawks pass on Seth Jones and don't do everything to, to get a defenseman of his caliber to come here, I think that would be a, a real disservice. So um, I'm really hopeful that the two organizations are, are having conversations at least in figuring out, you know, what potentially could be the asking price once everything gets figured out this summer. But um, I, I'm really hopeful. I know a lot of people, so many Chicago people are talking about the bad analytics for Seth Jones right now, and it's steering them away. And I'm just, uh, I'm scared that so many people are going to be like, Oh, well he had two bad years analytically. We don't want him. That that's not, 
the end all be all of the story here. Like he can be a guy that can be a difference maker. And that's what we need. I, I don't know. I'm going on a rant here, but yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. And the other thing about, cause they've been linked with, with Seth Jones. And obviously the other big name is Dougie Hamilton, who they won't have to give anything up for. Cause he's a, he's a UFA. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a, a trade situation, but Dougie Hamilton, I feel like, is going to command a bigger payday than Seth Jones. I do as well. I think so Dougie's... To, I would not be surprised if Seth Jones signs an $8 million seven-year deal with wherever he lands. Dougie Hamilton is going to hit 10-plus, I feel like, because that's how much people pay for for number one defenseman in the free agency market. So it's, it really depends on on whether you think that Dougie Hamilton is worth that extra two million, or for example, keeping Dylan Strome is worth paying an extra two million for. Coming up in just a minute, I've got the end of my conversation with Jack about Seth Jones, Dougie Hamilton, and other assorted free agent defensemen. But first, I want to tell you about rockauto.com. With their increasing number of makes and models, it's basically impossible for your local chain store front to stock all the parts you need. Why would you endure pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com can save you time and money. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? RockAuto.com is a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers over 20 years online, and they're below for every customer, regardless of whether you are a do-it-yourselfer or a professional. They've got everything you could need. They've got brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. If you can put it on or in your car or truck, you can put you can find it at RockAuto.com. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. If you go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, make sure you write locked on in that how did you hear about us box so they know we send you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Uh, my concern with Dougie, I-, I voiced it a little bit earlier, I don't know if he's that number one guy in crunch time, great offensive defenseman, played really well with Carolina this season with uh, Jacob Slavin, who's probably the most underrated defenseman in the league. Um but my, a larger concern I have with Dougie is he's going to get, you just said, he's going to get a big deal and it's probably going to be eight. I'm guessing seven or eight years. Do you think that's fair? Oh yeah. And think, Okay. So uh, I might be wrong on this. I feel like if he resigns with Carolina before July 1st, he can sign an eight year deal. If he waits for July 1st to sign somewhere else, it's only seven because I remember this happening with John Tavares and that he, he could only sign for seven years with Toronto because of free agency rules. But I, either way, my, my point but being like, yeah, seven, it's, seven, it's seven or be, eight. It's going to be a seven or eight. contract with, with yes. Chicago if he signs. Yes. And my concern with that is he's going to be 34, 35 years old by the end of that deal. And um, the similar guy who was in that boat, Brent Seabrook, who we saw at the end of that contract was really hurting the Blackhawks financially. It kind of, in a sense, limited what we could do in our, you know, post cup era. It kind of limited our abilities because he has a full no movement clause, seven years, ridiculous money, $6.88 million. I don't like, 
I like Seth being 26 because even if he gets eight, he's only going to be 33, 34 when it comes. And it's 33 and 36 can be a huge difference in the NHL. Yes. A huge difference. And I just, I, I think I would feel more comfortable giving, giving Seth Jones seven than I would Dougie Hamilton. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like, again, I might be wrong on this. Seth Jones does not have the injury history that, that, Dougie Hamilton does. Dougie Hamilton broke his leg really badly a couple of seasons. Oh, it was, it was gross. Like, that's the kind of injury that when you're, you know, 31, 32, really kind of kicks back in and is is very noticeable. But Seth Jones has been extremely healthy. Um, he, he missed a couple of months last season with, with a broken ankle. But he, and again, that might be another reason why he wasn't great this season. Is, is kind of lingering from from that ankle. I know a lot of people have said with like broken ankles, high ankle sprains, it takes them a year, almost a year, year and a half to get get back to normal. But I feel like Seth Jones's injury history is not as bad as um, Dougie Hamilton, who has missed a fair amount of time with with injuries. I feel like, yeah, hundred percent. And a point you just brought up too is, well, would we rather have? Dougie for a couple extra million rather than giving up, you know, Strom or Adam Boquist in the picks. That's a really tough question for the Blackhawks. And I personally, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I just have a hard time backing Dougie Hamilton as our number one, knowing that he's more offensive minded. I feel like Seth can be, can, can play more of a complete game. And if that costs picks and prospects, if he helps, I don't care what he gave, what we gave up. You know, if he comes in and helps, we need a number one defenseman. If that costs, you know, taking a gamble on a young guy who Adam Boquist, who's 20 years old, you know, we're not sure what he's going to be exactly. I take that risk. That's how I personally feel. I know other people are going to feel differently about it, but I personally think I would feel more comfortable going this trading for Seth Jones route than, than giving Dougie that seven or eight and still, you know, having him when he's 35 36 years old and has had previous injury history yeah and the other we'll we'll wrap it up in a minute but one one last thing as well is if you pass on seth jones there is no guarantee that you're gonna get dougie because he can go where he wants exactly he'd have to want to come here like yeah you could be like well we're gonna pass on seth jones and and try and offer dougie hamilton you know 10 million for, for seven years or whatever, he might turn around and be like, actually, I'm going to stay in Carolina. I'm going to go to Toronto. I'm going to, you know, you have a lot of, you have more wiggle room with, with Seth Jones. And I think that's, um, I mean, Seth, Seth himself would probably have to uh, sign a contract for the Blackhawks to make that move. I don't think they'd, I don't think they'd make the trade unless he'd, he'd sign a contract, but um Looking at the other defensemen who are going to hit the market in 2022, there's not like there's Morgan Riley. And aside from that, there's an older Mark Giordano, Chris Letang, PK Subban. I feel like this is John Klingberg actually is a good name, but I don't know if he's going to leave Dallas, but I feel like, Again, it's a point I've brought up a couple of times now. You can nitpick your way around because the Blackhawks are in the situation that they are. Um, but at some point, you, you got to find a guy you like and you got to make a move. And just looking at the 2022 free agents, I don't know if there's 
really that defense from the Blackhawks are going to make a move for unless a guy like John Klingberg or Morgan Riley want out of Toronto, uh, John Klingberg out of Dallas. But so for the Blackhawks, I think it just comes down to, listen, we got, we got to, we got to do something here. We, there is a growing concern that none of these kids can become number one defensemen, even if they max out and, you know, live up to all the expectations. I still don't think Adam Boquist or Ian Mitchell are two top defenseman prospects. I don't think either of them are going to become defensive stalwarts. So for the Blackhawks, I think you got to realize this is an opportunity you're not going to have for potentially a couple more years. And um, you just, I think they got to seize the moment here and try to get a deal done. I really do. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up. If people want to kind of learn a little bit more about, about the Blackhawks, maybe Seth Jones ends up going there and they want to kind of keep up with, with him as a player, where can they, where can they find you and your show? Hey, listen, it's a slow part of summer. So I'm sure I'm going to be talking about uh, Seth Jones on the lockdown Blackhawks podcast quite uh, frequently in the next month. So if you want to go check that out, um, you can find the lockdown Blackhawks podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, you can find the account on Twitter at capital L capital O underscore Blackhawks. If you want to check out my personal account, you can find me at Jack Bushman too. And that is all the time I have got today. Tomorrow, uh, I will be sitting down with Harrison Lee of Lockdown Winnipeg Jets, and we will be talking about who won the Pierre-Luc Dubois slash Jack Roslovic and assorted other things trade. Uh, we'll take a look at regular season, playoffs for Dubois, and all kinds of other fun things, I am sure. So make sure you check that out. I have been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter, JayTheGoalie. You can follow this podcast at LO underscore BlueJackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at LockedOnBlueJackets at gmail.com. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.